Stay low. Stay low? If you're lucky, no one will notice you. I was born lucky. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio today by Paulo. Hello, Internet. Uh, we are here for another exciting episode of The Geek Generation, and uh, I have a few things to talk about right out the top because I've been very busy with all sorts of stuff, first of which is that we have a new podcast. Right. I made kind of a brief, quick announcement on mm-hmm. last week's episode, but I brought this up, I think, months ago mm-hmm. at this point that we were going to do a second podcast. And that new podcast was going to be about movies. Right. And every week would be a different episode. Uh, I would have a co-host that would choose what the movie is going to be. And we would both watch it and then discuss it afterwards. Mm -hmm. This is called Random Movie Club, which you can see. I will put that up so people on the stream can see. And uh, people should know, too, that these uh, podcasts, these live podcasts that we like doing now are viewable at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. Or if you can't remember that, go to thegeekgeneration.com slash twitch. And uh, you can get there the same way. We're doing these live on there as well, which I will get to talking about Twitch in a little bit. A whole bunch. Um, but again, the Random Movie Club, new every week. We're going to have a different movie. We started off this week with Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Pitch Perfect. Episode three will be uh, this guy, Paul, that I know, <laughs> talking with me about The Fast and the Furious. Oh, boy. Uh, episode four. These are already recorded. Episode right. four will be uh, Star Trek First Contact. And uh, I do have Empire Strikes Back recorded already, although that might go up later. I'm working on booking more co-hosts now. But every week, we're basically going to talk about a different movie. As long as it's available for people to watch at home, they can check it out. And that's available at thegeekgeneration.com slash RMC. The Geek Generation will continue to release on Mondays. Random Movie Club will release every Thursday. So you're getting a double dose of The Geek Generation every single week from now on. I definitely suggest it, guys. I mean, Random Movie Club's super accessible. It's basically a lot of the most popular movies in the last 20, 30 years. Yep. Um, I mean, I assume that, you know, if somebody wants to, they'll probably, they could do something from an earlier period, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. Know, uh, it's super accessible. I mean, if you have a Netflix account or an Amazon prime account or just a whole bunch of DVDs, like, you know, the movies are probably going to be in that collection. You know, it's a great opportunity to rewatch some of the old stuff. Yep. That you may have been wanting to watch and haven't really had a reason to. So definitely give it a, a listen and a subscribe, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd appreciate that. Again, thegeekgeneration.com slash RMC. I'm trying to keep episodes anywhere between 30 minutes to 45 minutes because I feel like if you go too long right. and you're like the same length of the movie, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. kind of pointless. Plus, yeah. I want this to be a little bit more bite sized and more manageable for me too, because right. I have all the editing responsibilities and things like that. So. Right. Um, a little bit of both will work well. Also, uh, I was on another podcast recently. Right. Another show called Proudly Resents. Uh, my buddy Adam Spiegelman mm-hmm. is the host of that. And that is a podcast all about bad movies specifically. <laughs> nice. So he kind of put the call out there for people to come on the show if they had a bad movie that they loved or hated or anything like that. 
And I unapologetically love the bad movie Gleam in the Cube uh-huh. uh, from 1989 with Christian Slater. So I went on Proudly Resents and discussed that with him. You can check that out. That just came out the other day, uh-huh. uh, last week for you people listening to this now. So you can check that out at ProudlyResents.com or you can search for Proudly Resents on iTunes and you can find it there as well. Uh, let's get into our geek out. Yay! Paulo. Uh, my first geek out is uh, it's what set the internet on fire. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> the did. Last, the past week. Yes, it did. Um, the release of the uh, I think it's a it's a re-edited Red Band trailer, but it's uh, the Red Band trailer for Deadpool. Yes, um, it's the the trailer itself is like I nominated for if there was an Oscar category for best use of '90s hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like this would be it because it's I mean like the the beginning is super intense. It's like oh he's got cancer and all these organs and they're gonna give him powers and then they immediately just like light it up with yep, uh, yep. salt and pepper soup. <laughs> and of course they're already doing the meta stuff that Deadpool loves to do, the fourth wall breaking. Right. Like he makes reference to. X Men Origins Wolverine, uh, at least in the in the teaser for this, mm-hmm, yeah, which we were talking about online is the only teaser for a trailer we've right. ever wanted to right. see. And uh, I mean, Deadpool's perfect for that because, like, because of the whole meta thing and breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, like doing like a trailer for a trailer actually makes sense. Yes, and it's not irritating. And I mean, it wasn't. It didn't spoil a whole lot of the trailer footage. It mm-hmm. was just. Him sitting in front of a fireplace talking about how pre-trailers are kind of dumb, but watch mine anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, the, of course, the Red Band trailer came out and it was, uh, it was everything that we had hoped for and more. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there's also like, it's so, it's so weird because with any other movie, this would be categorized as something that may be irritating or annoying. Yep. But they, they're like doing like pre-press for like a, a trailer. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the Ryan Reynolds went on uh, Conan. And, uh, like, I, I, I think it was for d- the Deadpool trailer, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like it it was. wasn't for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like he did like a, a short bit where he was giving Conan a massage and he was like, where's your ass? Where is your ass? <laughs> and it was just like, like it, any other movie, it probably would have been kind of annoying and like unnecessary. But with this one, it's like, for some reason it works with the character and <laughs> this interaction that he has with TJ Miller is like, it's like the best like 30 seconds yeah. of just like shit talking. TJ a- looks so different. Yeah. Like it doesn't take a lot to transform him into a totally different person, which is an awesome advantage for him as an actor. Right. I mean, he basically maybe lost like 10 pounds and then grew out some hair mm-hmm. and a completely different guy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, from well, I, I don't know. With from Ehrlich, I guess he cut his hair, yeah, and then he just straightened and it. got rid yeah. of the weird facial hair, yeah, yeah. And so like, yeah, <laughs> the the jokes. I mean, it's perfect because it's like definitely what you would know from T.J. Miller's like work, you know? Absolutely. So uh, definitely, I was yeah, I was geeking out hard. I I liked it a lot. I I thought another thing interesting too was the fact that we have not heard of a casting choice yet for Colossus, right? Yeah, and we know it's not Daniel Cudmore. They've mm-hmm. said straight out the guy who played him in the X Men franchise, right. but it looks like we have an all CGI Colossus, mm-hmm. at least from what they were showing in that trailer. Which, again, not necessarily finished footage. Right. They could still be working on the effects and stuff, but we've heard no casting thing. Maybe there's just going to be a voice of Colossus. Yeah, or maybe it's just like 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 you see it right there for a short period of time or something, and yep. he's just in and out real quick. Yeah, so. yeah. 
I mean, it'd be great if he was in it, but I also wouldn't mind if it was just, you know, mostly Deadpool with yeah. like, you know, the, the surrounding cast of characters, what, whatever that girl's name is, super nega oh, teenage warhead yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Negasonic teenage warhead, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, so weird. Know, so, um, yeah, I'm definitely pumped about that. Like I've watched it so many times. Did you? <laughs> like if it was a tape, I would have broken the tape already. <laughs> like, like I watch it every moment I can, I get. So uh, that's funny. Yeah. Definitely awesome. Uh, my second geek out is, uh, it's actually, it's an alcoholic drink. Sorry, Rob. It's okay. <laughs> um, I, just cause I don't drink doesn't mean that other people can't. It's right. all good. Uh, I actually heard about this. I think I, th- I read about it on Food Beast, mm-hmm. but, um, it's not, it's called Not Your Father's Root Beer from Small Town Brewery. Basically, it's, it's an ale, like a, a type of beer that's brewed with like root beer spices and okay. also a little bit of sweetness added. Uh, if I were to describe the taste, I would say the front half of it is root beer mm-hmm. and the back half of it is kind of like that ale hopsy flavor. The aftertaste so that you get as you start drinking. Kind of a little bit of the beer, like bitterness. So you're saying it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's, it's an acquired taste. Like you, the first time you drink it. It's, yeah. Your face goes from mm to ooh. Really? Like, real quick. Yeah. Like it's maybe like a five second sort of uh trip. And then but then because it the the front part of it is so tasty, mm-hmm. like you tend to drink it pretty quick. I mean, I there, there should be a warning on the bottles, like uh, please drink slowly. Because <laughs> oh. I drank like two, maybe in like ten minutes. Yep. Because I thought I was drinking root beer, like it was tricking my mind yeah, into yeah. it. And I was just like, wow, I'm really sleepy. <laughs> this is a double no-go for me because I don't like root beer either. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this, the, the root beer, like when I heard about this, like alcoholic root beer, like purposely, like not just like a mixed drink, but mm-hmm. purposefully made root beer. Right. Basically. Right. I mean, how did nobody do this yet? Right. Like yeah. how did nobody do this? And it also kind of reminded me of like when I was a kid and like mixing like weird liquors with root beer because I really loved root beer. Mm-hmm. And then I was like experimenting with alcohol. So yeah, this yeah. is kind of like a flashback sort of a little bit, but yeah, it's a, it's a good time. You can get it. It's widely available from what I've seen. Oh yeah. Um, I just went to the liquor store in, in my town and they had it. It's been flying off the shelves though, so it's uh it's difficult to find. Mm-hmm. Um if depending on, you know, the liquor store's delivery schedule, but you can definitely find it at your local liquor store. It's again, it's not your father's root beer. Um there are other options, but I would suggest trying this one. Cool. Uh my first geek out is something we are actually experiencing right now in a way, because my first geek out is Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh I've I, I was on Twitch for a while. I've had an account for a while, but I only really started utilizing it within the last two or three weeks. Right. And it's funny, too, because I'm watching the chat room for mm-hmm. maybe the first time while we've been doing a live stream. So uh, for people in the chat room, if you do have questions for us, as I can see they're talking to each other a little bit and uh-huh. saying hi to us. Uh-huh. But if they have questions in there, they can certainly leave those through the episode and we might address them. We might not. But uh, our focus is still going to be on the audio content while right, we're right, here. Right. But for people that want to watch, we are on Twitch as well. And I've been using it a lot to play video games. Mm-hmm. And I think I started with maybe like 15 or 20 followers. And after two to three weeks, I'm up to 150 already. That's awesome. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, we've been getting a lot of followers come in, a lot of loyal followers. Mm-hmm. So I see, uh, I'm trying to stream right now an hour to two every single day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that changes. Like if things are just ton of fun i'll mm-hmm. stay there longer like i've been in stream for five and a half hours before wow yeah because we were just having a blast right. and i didn't want to shut it down and i was having fun so mm-hmm. why not and even within this time too people have been leaving tips for us that's cool which is fantastic so it's already starting to generate a little bit of money not mm-hmm. nothing crazy but uh enough to make it worth it for now mm-hmm. 
it is insane too what you can do on Twitch. Like I've been playing a couple games kind of primarily, and I'll talk about those in a second. But what I was doing the other day, the last two days, actually, mm-hmm. you can set now uh, you're supposed to set what video game you're playing. Mm-hmm. And when we go and we set this to gaming talk shows and we can do the podcast right. live on there and it's all acceptable. It used to just be strictly video games. But since Justin TV kind of got phased out, which mm-hmm. was the kind of parent umbrella over Twitch and right. Amazon bought them, right. they're starting to expand. And it really is just kind of like having your own live TV channel that right. you can go. I feel like going on television right now. Which is crazy. Kind of like the public access of our generation. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yet we still have better production quality than like a public access <laughs> yeah, show, probably. Yeah. So the other day, the last two days, I was getting ready for the event that we're going to be having later today. Uh-huh. And uh, I was making some different cupcakes. So I set it to creative is a new option that uh-huh. you can put on there. And when you're on creative, you can do almost anything (laughs) it's crazy i mean there are limitations (laughs) there's acceptable usage and things like that but uh i've i've gone on before and like after a stream i was like well i have to go i had a bunch of people in the room i Uh was like i gotta go because i got work to do Uh and i have to edit photos because i'm a photographer right but then i was like wait a minute if you guys want to hang around, I'll just switch this thing to creative and I'll let the edit the photos right on the stream. Uh-huh. So I left my webcam in the corner and they could see my desktop and I was editing my photos right there. And we're all just still chatting while That's I'm doing cool. it. So I'm getting my work done, too. And kind of, right. I guess, entertaining. Now, are like, they, they watching you edit photos like they're watching the photos themselves or they're just watching the picture of you? editing the photos. Oh no, they're watching they're watching the the video of me in the corner uh-huh. and the live feed of my uh-huh. desktop. The actual photos being edited and I'm explaining what I'm doing and all that stuff. Like I took a photo of something, uh-huh. edited it and put it on my Instagram all within like that time. Right, right, right. It was crazy, but the last 2 days I made cupcakes on stream. Yeah, right. I, I was that, doing yeah. it for 4 hours on one day and like 2 hours another day <laughs> and people loved it. That's like cool. They were they were pumped that I was making cupcakes. And I'm like, how are you guys entertained by this? And I'm talking to them and stuff. But yeah. I mean, there's a market for everything, right? I mean, yeah, like the I think it's a product of this generation and the accessibility that the Internet allows, you know, provides. It's right. Like, right. You know, if, if there's something that you're doing, there's probably somebody out there that, uh, you know, would like to watch or, you know, would like to participate. In. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I guess it's, there is very much like a voyeur kind of appeal to yeah. it. Regardless of what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, Twitch is basically that. I mean, like why, like a lot of people ask, like, why would you watch somebody playing video games as opposed to just playing the game yourself? Right. Right. But you know, maybe sometimes you are doing something else and you, but you would just like to have it on in the background. Right. Or, you know, you'd like to watch somebody that might be better at the game than you. I mean, that, that was something I think that's kind of when it started and yeah. gained popularity is people like playing League of Legends that were like championship right. level players. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, like I, like I was never really that good at the games like Metal Gear Solid or anything like that. Like anything where stealth. You know, was the thing that mm-hmm. you need that was a skill that you needed. And so, like, I always loved watching my friends play because I knew that they were better than me. Right. And that, you right. Know, like, I would see, like, how they would do something. And, you know, I mean, even with other games like Street Fighter, like, get, like, getting, you know, on like the D pad, mm-hmm. getting the, you know, the dragon punch to yeah, work. Yeah. 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 Like, that was never an easy thing for my <laughs> thumbs to handle. No, like, no, I was just not like, when you're younger. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm just like mashing buttons. But some of my friends were really good at it, you mm. know? So, like, watching them, play and then watching them you know with the with the hands and everything like that was a thing that you know i was interested in watching so it's really just translating that to the internet and yeah. putting it out there for people to see a, like a wider audience so, yep yep 
Yeah, definitely. It's an amazing technological time that we're, we're in right now. Yeah. I almost wish, although I wish and yet I'm glad at the same time that it wasn't around when I was maybe 10 years younger. Right. Like I kind of wish it was because I would have loved to uh, get the opportunity sooner mm-hmm. to build it up more. So I like I had a thing going by the time I'm my age. But at the same time, if I had started doing it 10 years ago. Would I have made a lot of things I might have regretted right, right. now? Now that I'm a lot wiser and more mature, right? No, no one ever calls me mature. That's <laughs> that's a stretch of the imagination. But uh, maybe now is just kind of the sweet spot for me for doing this kind of thing. Well, like think- a lot of my viewers are on the younger side, uh-huh. which is crazy. Why would they want to watch this older guy? But then I see a lot of the popular people, and they're probably not too far from my age, yeah. which is crazy. I think everybody's in the same around the same age range. I mean, the, maybe the viewership is a little younger, but like, yeah. I mean, there's an if there's an audience for it, you know, definitely put it out there. Yeah. And I think you know if you had done it in your twenties, you you would have just you might have made some mistakes, mm-hmm. but I mean, those are always things that you can learn from and yeah. produce from. So it's like I probably would have not gone for a normal career, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you probably wouldn't have done the things that you did before, right? But you know. That's kind of, that's also a contributing factor to what you're doing right now. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I think it's all a part of the plan. It's been a lot of fun so yeah. far. It really has. Uh, one of the things too, my next geek out is, or my next two are actually related to Twitch as well, because they're the two games that I've really been kind of focusing on while I've been on, uh, Twitch playing games. The first of which is a game called Choice Chamber. And, uh, this is actually some video from a stream. So you can see like how we have it set up. This is what mm-hmm. people see when I'm usually streaming. So, um, this is a game that was kickstarted. I wish I had known about it when it was, but I wasn't really active on Twitch at the time. Mm-hmm. So I guess it probably wouldn't have done me necessarily as much good as it does now. Basically, this is, um, I think people really like this game because it's interactive with the chat room. Okay. So, uh, there's a gray column on the right side of uh-huh. the screen. And those are things that can be voted on. And those go through uh, progressively through the game. So when a certain vote thing comes up, like it says time to upgrade your weapon, uh-huh. uh, it can be strength, speed, or crits, more crits. Right. The chat room types in those words. They'll type in strength, speed, or crits. Mm-hmm. And then whatever gets the most votes, you get that upgrade. Mm, so okay. they're effectively influencing your game throughout right. your play. They decide what kind of weapon you get, what kind of enemies come. Uh, you can get a room captain where they can drop items for you going mm-hmm. through. They There's a, a lot of ways that they can kind of screw you over, too. Right, right. Like, there's a, a couple different jump options where you can get a double jump, you can get a higher jump, or you can get what they call pogo, right. which means that you just keep jumping nonstop right. when you don't control it. And the only way to stop is to, like, hold the jump button. Then when you release it, you start pogoing again. But it makes it so much harder to play. And I, like, curse the room every time that happens. Is that kind of what's going on right now? That's exactly what's going on right now. (laughs) And it makes me miserable when people vote for it. But I think um, it's been really essential in kind of building up the followers that we have now. Because people are looking for this game because it's so interactive. And I really hope that this is the beginning of a trend. Yeah. Where we're going to see more people starting to use like the Twitch chatroom API uh-huh. within their game to have it be a more interactive experience with the people watching. Right. Because like, like you said, even though this is, it's still kind of new, this idea of mm-hmm. streaming the games and having people talk about it and everything, but right. to be able to incorporate your viewers into the experience and have everybody work together. Right. It's huge. It's such a, a great advantage. I think like it's, yeah, this definitely. 
I like we talked about like that game hashtag IDARB, mm-hmm. you know, a couple mm. months, <laughs> however long ago that was. Right, right. And, you know, I mean that in that game, there's also a participatory element in that. You know, if you if you tweet something and it and it happens to pop yeah. up on your uh, on the Twitter feed on the bottom, then it will influence your game. Totally. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I hope it. I hope it expands too. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, I, I am. We've gotten pretty far in the game too. There's like a hundred levels, and I think mm-hmm. I've gotten to. I've gotten to level 80 or to room 80 so far. Uh, but then there was an upgrade to the game and it wiped mm-hmm. out my progress and I was oh, all pissed. I yeah. But I think now we've gotten up to like 75 on a, a replay. Right. So we're still doing pretty well. We'll get, we'll, we'll beat it eventually. Yeah. And I say we because it feels like a collaborative experience, which oh, yeah. is, I mean, which is cool. Are, yeah. People are participating. They have a hand in it. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, another game that I've been playing a lot is a game called Quiplash which is a game out by uh, Jackbox, the people that made the You Don't Know Jack series, that mm-hmm. like whole trivia thing. So uh, this is another one, too, that I think people like to play because it involves the chat room as well. Right. And this one can even involve people that are not really in the the chat themselves. Like if they're a non-Twitch user, say they're watching the feed on Facebook or something, mm-hmm. they can still play the game along with us. Mm-hmm. So it's basically uh, like the board game Say Anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've played that yeah. or not. Okay, so basically there's a prompt. And you give an answer to that. And then as you would in like apples to apples, you put the two answers or cards against humanity. You put the two answers against Mm -hmm. each other and then uh, people anonymously vote. So Quiplash works the same way. You have eight people playing at a time or up to eight people. Mm -hmm. And then you are not. Well, you put in your answers either on like a separate browser window or on your mobile device or tablet or whatever. So there's a code that gets displayed in the room. And anybody can enter that code and be a part of the game. Oh, okay. So I try to, sometimes I'll hide the code and just, um, they have a whisper thing in Twitch where I can send it to people privately mm. and they can enter the game that way. Oh, okay. So that way I'm controlling who's in the game. Cause right. I've done it before where I left it public and I got some trolls uh-huh. just like, and they would just put the answer like poop for every answer. Right. And then it just doesn't become fun. Right. So, uh, we try to control who's in the game, but then when we do, there's the eight people in there. You vote on each other's answers. Certain people get the points or whatever. I have to say I have a pretty good win percentage, probably <laughs> probably about 50%. Um, but we have a lot of people that like to play that consistently. And the other cool thing that's about it, even if you don't get in those eight people, like some people would probably get bummed that they didn't. They're like, oh, I can't play. You can still enter the room code and you can vote on the oh, answers okay. from the audience. And that affects the points. So you're still actively participating, even if you're not submitting answers. Mm -hmm. And that allows up to 10,000 people in the audience. Jesus Christ. Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. So for a really popular Twitch streamer. Right. That's a possibility. Right. I mean, I've had five people in the audience in addition to the eight actually playing the game. But 10,000 people effectively playing this game together that's i mean it's awesome that it allows for that many people it gives you that room for growth right right and like you know as more subscribers come on you know like whether you open it to the public or you know you you know you uh expand the the loyal audience that is allowed to play or what you know whatever the strategy is i mean it it gives you room to grow instead of limiting you to say like 20 people yeah yeah and then having people having to compete like for that for that 20 people slot yep it's that's pretty awesome. I it's, mean, yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, the game's only ten bucks, right? I assume they're going to be releasing DLC because I have started to see some repeat prompts because mm-hmm. any game has only so many, and they actually have, uh, they have a guy that recorded reading them. Mm-hmm. So there's that part too. Like, I kind of wish it was just text 
So it'd be so much right. easier to add stuff to it. But I, I think they're doing this for a reason. I think they want to make money on DLC. Uh-huh. Uh, they haven't released any yet, but I'm assuming it's coming. But the base game is only $10. Mm-hmm. And when you have someone kind of running the game, they're the only person that needs to have bought it. Oh. So anyone else that wants to enter that code and everything, right, right, right. they just go to a website, jackbox.tv. They put in the four-letter code in their name, and they play. That's they cool. don't need to pay anything. That's cool. Yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. That's probably the thing that we play more so than anything. Like the day that I was, the first day I was making cupcakes and I was on for like four hours. I was making cupcakes on like two different camera feeds. So one was on me, one Mm -hmm. was on the table so they could see the actual baking process. Mm -hmm. And then I had a game of Quiplash going in the corner that I wasn't playing, but everybody else was. That's cool. Just so they they could watch and play and do whatever. And if they didn't want to play, they didn't have to play Mm -hmm. and they could just watch. But so I was basically like, I feel like the CNN of like, (laughs) (laughs) I have scrolling things. I have separate windows. I have games over here. Right. It's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But that's been a lot of fun. Uh, so we, we put our show notes online. We share them with each other. Right. Right. And, uh, that way we know what each other's going to talk about and everything. Uh Yeah. But I wrote specifically as one of my geek outs this week, secret geek out. Yeah. And like, let me, let me just tell everybody in the, the, uh, the Twitch and audience and and beyond that, you know, when we saw this, we were like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like everybody, like, like, I think everybody kind of saw and we were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand. What? There's no secrets. Secret. Secret geek out. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that you're my co-host this week for this particular reason because other people might not have been excited as to what my secret geek out is. Okay. So I have been being bugged by a lot of people for a lot to consume this thing. I have a natural aversion to peer pressure. Uh-huh. I have my whole life. And whenever people say you should do this or you should do that or you should watch this or whatever, I tend to just an instinct kind of push against that because that that's just my mentality. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is in my being that created that as a child, but it's kind of lasted throughout my whole life. So when people were on me all the time about watching the show, I was like, no, I, I don't care that much. Uh And, uh, I had never watched any of it. So this is not the walking dead. Oh, this man. is not The Walking Dead. I know. I <laughs> for know, a second. I know you were getting because I did watch the pilot for The Walking uh-huh, Dead. Uh-huh. Um, we talked about that on the show here. And I, I, I just don't care about zombie stuff whatsoever. Um, but I finally did start watching because mostly because of San Diego Comic Con. And I needed I told people I will watch this show if you give me a reminder. Like it's one of those things I'm at home and I just don't think of it uh-huh. because I have so much other stuff to consume. Right. But my friend Roger, who you've heard on the show before, and my friend Liana were both on me like crazy mm-hmm. about watching this. Roger sent me a text as soon as I got home from San Diego and said, get it now so you can start watching. Uh-huh. So I am now through the first two seasons of Game of Thrones. Yes! Yes! This is amazing! <laughs> we finally get to talk about shit! Yes, we can talk about Game of Thrones now. I, I, I'll say, I'll say a few things about it. Now, I am only the first two seasons in. Uh-huh. I've watched the first two episodes of season three. Okay. So I'm, I'm still maybe, I'm about halfway because it's five right now, right? Yeah. Five I, completed. We just finished five. Yeah. Okay. And they're short seasons. It yeah. doesn't take a lot. My biggest fear with getting into Game of Thrones is from what so many people have told me, it's very dense and very convoluted mm-hmm. and you have a hard time following everything that's going on. Right. To which, in a way, I agree. There are some things that I'm like, oh, okay, I don't think it's that hard to follow mm. for the most part. 
the one thing that's very strange to me is that there are certain characters that will pop in. You go, wait, who the hell is that? Mm-hmm. All the time. Right. Especially in like the first, uh, the first season or so. Yeah. One of the Stark brothers would kind of pop in and I was like, Oh wait, there's another one. I forgot. It's the one uh, just older than Bran. Uh, Rickon. Yeah. The, the there's the two really young ones. Yes. Bran and Rickon. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Rickon, Rickon is kind of just like, uh, he's just there. He's a peripheral brother. Like he's kind of, like he's a member of the family. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as you, even all the way through season five, he's kind of just like dead weight. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he is in the books, but uh, like there's, there's a scene in one of the episodes where Bran's laying in bed. Rickon walks in with his dire wolf and he's basically like, Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> and then walks right back out. Yeah. I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I mean, part of the problem, or not problem, but part of, I mean, to address that issue, like, from the beginning of Game of Thrones, because there was so much material to work with from Mm -hmm. the books, I mean, they had a bunch of liberty in terms of what they would use and what they wouldn't. Like, I admittedly have not read the books. Um, I haven't either. Right. (laughs) Because that involves reading. Yeah, and, like, it's just a lot of time commitment to a thing that I do so much in my, like, everyday life anyway. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, do I want to read more? No. My eyes are tired. And so, I I don't know if Rickon has, like, a bigger role in the books, but in the show, he's just dead weight. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I don't. At this point, I'm not like the way I know the Game of Thrones story is just kind of like this progression of time. Like when people say season one, season two, season mm-hmm. three, like the lines are blurred. Like, right, I'm just like, right. So, uh, so me saying that I'm at the beginning of season three means nothing to you. I'd have to tell you kind of event wise where like, I am. Yeah, you just kind of tell me like who's so, doing what. Yeah, uh, what's going on right now is the only thing that's kind of pissed me off about the show mm-hmm. is like. I've said so many times, and I said even this episode that I hate zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the White Walkers show up, and um, I'm like, God damn it! Yeah, like yeah. really, everything yeah. has to have zombies? Are you kidding? I mean, they're kind of like, I mean, they're magic. You know, they're yeah. not. They're kind of zombies, but they're kind of they just really magic. just are zombies. Yeah, magic white monsters. Yeah, like like there's it's a hard it's harder to justify them as non zombies than it is to just call them like snow zombies. You right, know? right. But uh, yeah, like uh, okay, so I know where you are. Yeah. Yes, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> now, the the other thing, too, with Game of Thrones I found interesting. Uh, when I was at Boston Comic Con last weekend, I was hanging out with my friends Kyla and Sam, and they love the show. Mm-hmm. And they asked me flat out, what house are you? Mm. And I was like, what? They were like, well, what house are you? Right. Are you House Stark? Are you House Lannister? I'm like, I never... right even so, considered it yeah like the because the 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 show develops these characters yeah and they do so very passionately mm-hmm. the fan base tends to like identify with certain you know aspects of the show right right you know what house you belong to so there's like you know the major houses there's like the targaryens who are kind of extinct but you know uh daenerys the, right Amelia Clark, she's like the and last her asshole brother. Right. I was so glad he got killed. <laughs> so yeah, glad. That was an awesome way to die, too. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. you like gold? Oh, you, you, you like gold, huh? Here's a hat. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, there's the Targaryens, the Starks, you know, the, all the, the people who live in the north, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, uh, Sean Bean and, uh, all those guys, Kit Harrington and everything. Yep, yep. Um, there's, oh my God, Targaryen, Stark, uh, Lannisters. Mm-hmm. 
They're the asshole blonde people yep, who, yep, <laughs> who live yep. in King's Landing. They're the ones who are kind of running things right now. Yeah. They're the least liked. But I mean, if, if you like villains, then you definitely like the Targaryens. Right, right. I mean, if people are going to di- identify themselves as House Slytherin, then they might also be right. House Lannister. Right. And there are a bunch of others, too. I just, they are slipping my mind right now. And I'm sure the Twitch users are fucking blowing up right now. Like, <laughs> You're not a real fan. You don't know all the houses. Well, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, you know, since season five. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm binging. So everything's kind of fresh in my head. Yeah. So you, you kind of identify with, a, like, a certain house, you know? But see, this is the interesting thing about it is, like, I'm learning something else about myself now, too, mm-hmm. is that I... I see so many people do this. They did it with Harry Potter. Uh-huh. They're doing it with Game of Thrones. Uh, they probably did it with like the uh, Divergent thing where they have right. the different kind of factions in Divergent. Yeah. I am not someone that wants to be categorized into a group. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even consider which one I'd be a part of. And when people say like, right. which Harry Potter house are you or which Game of Thrones house are you? I'm like, I don't want that kind of a label on me right. at all. So. I mean, uh, like I always feel like an outsider anyway. So Kyle and Sam were like, well, you're Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, OK, that makes sense, actually. Because yeah. you're like you you kind of sort of belong to a major house, but you're also your own person. Right. And like, you know, especially in the story, he's kind of taking his own role as, you know, a member of the Night's Watch. And he's a member of this the Night's Watch, this group of like unidentifiable just they're all they all wear black mm-hmm. you know they all serve the the, the kingdom the crows as a whole. right they're all the crows and he's kind of like this like lone wolf so to speak i mean that's not even like a pun cause, right you know when you consider he's a wolf right yeah but uh you know he's kind of like a lone wolf in the series um and he's a very as as a co-worker of mine used to say he's a, a very honorable man yeah. You know, so, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's just fun to like identify yourself with a different house. Like, like, you know, you have people always talking about what, uh, tra- character traits that they appreciate mm-hmm. from a certain house. Um, like the, the receptionist at our office is, uh, she identifies heavily with the Lannister house. Oh. So she's like, but it's not for the reasons you think. Okay. It's because she really likes drinking wine and she likes making fun of people. So she's like the very surface level Cersei. Okay. And so she, you know, she, Cersei's like one of the most hateable characters too. Yeah. She's one of the most hateable, but Lena Heaney does it so well. Absolutely. It's incredible. Like she's like when she did this thing on Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, like, you can, everybody can look it up later on. And it's on the Kimmel YouTube channel where, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's like, I just want to drink wine with Cersei Lannister. She's like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, like, they pull out this goblet thing. Yeah, yeah. And, like, these cups. And they're like, they're, they're pouring wine and they're just trading quips. Did with she each other. drop right into character? Yeah. She's That's just like, fantastic. The first line was just like, That's a really nice tie. Too bad it surrounds such a pitiful neck. <laughs> like, it was so, but, like, you're like, Ah! You know, like you just kind of that's funny. You flip out, yeah. So it's like you know, people identify with different houses. You don't have to, you right, know. It's like right. it's kind of like when Star when Star Wars was a thing. You know, are you a Jedi or are you a Sith? Sure, right. You know, like everybody sort of took sides there and continue to take sides to this day. People can get really fucking like in depth about it too. Yeah, yeah. Like they can be like, well, I don't see why you identify with blank. Because blank is so much more like you. Right. You know, and they get in your face about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, but- you can't be that. You're this. Yeah. yeah. But that's, again, why another reason I kind of don't like the labels is because right. generally the label has a certain amount of, like, characteristics underneath mm-hmm. it. And nobody fits every single characteristic. Right. So uh, you kind of put yourself into this grouping where you might not necessarily fit 100%. And then all of a sudden I'm like, out. I'm like, well, then why even bother throwing the label on it? I if kinda, you don't fit like, all those things. See, the more you talk about it, the more I, I, I definitely think that 
uh, they were right in saying that you're Jon Snow. Because, <laughs> like, Jon Snow is, like, sort of, like, you could, you could identify him as the Batman mm-hmm. of this series, you know? He, uh, it's heavily debated who his parents are. But he loses right. his parents early on. He's a bastard. Mm-hmm. Sean Bean claims to be his father, but, you know, we don't really know that for sure. And, you know, he's, he's a member of the Night's Watch dispensing justice. Right, right. You know? And he's sort of like, he's wearing all black all the time. <laughs> he's the Batman of Game of Thrones. Like he, yeah. like he kind of starts off as Robin, but then like the Lord Commander makes him, like gives him his sword. You right, know, and it's right. like, you are the future of the Night's Watch. See, I didn't choose Batman. Batman chose me. <laughs> <laughs> if, we're talking, yes. if we're talking pure personality stuff, like the, there's a reason I identify with a character. Right. It's not just because I'm like, I want to be Batman. It's yeah. like, no, I kind of am already. And then it yeah. just... <laughs> I didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose me. <laughs> Except with Batman. I didn't that's choose awesome. the bat life. <laughs> The ballet chose me. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. And uh, also talking Game of Thrones, because uh, now I could do it forever. Mm-hmm. Peter Tinklage is the fucking man. Yeah. Holy crap. Like, he steals every single scene that he is in. It's yeah. unbelievable. He's so good. He's just got this, like, like I can't even... Uh, it's like a this weird swagger. Mm-hmm. Like he comes into the room and like he just acts the shit out of everything. Yes, yes. And like, like in the later episodes, like right now, you're kind of in this phase where uh, Tyrion is sort of, kind of on top of his game, but mm-hmm. he's on the way down. Yeah, like he's he just got the the, the scar. His, uh, his dad basically just told him he's nothing. Like after he took right. the, took away the hand, yeah, kind of title, and like uh, like. When he bec- when he becomes like literally nothing, mm-hmm. and um, like in leading up to season five and into season five, mm-hmm. like you get to see so much more diversity in the character, and like he is like you know how like there's a character in like some like comic books or cartoon series who's like the really smart one. Mm-hmm. It's like Batman, you know, world's greatest detective. Like yeah, yeah. How he he can plan for anything. Yep. Get himself out of any situation just by knowing and having that intelligence about him mm-hmm. like that's like one characteristic of the character of Tyrion that is like that's his superpower yeah he's physically inept yeah he can't fight but but he can talk his like he can talk his ass off and he's very smart yeah so like in the in this sort of game of thrones this uh the the namesake of the series yeah that's a very valuable asset he knows have. how to play right yeah and so that's kind of what he's doing right now you'll get there eventually yeah but you know it's yeah he definitely acts he kills it in this show he like, is the most compelling and interesting character mm-hmm. and also the most conflicting for me mm-hmm. because well i mean obviously dinklage playing him makes me love the character just because he's so phenomenal to watch mm-hmm. he does some terrible things mm-hmm. and yet I feel for him because of the way that especially like his family treats him. Right. Like as the, as the imp, as they call him, as the outcast, right. as the, the mistake that killed his mother right. during birth, like all these things. So you feel sympathy for him and then he'll go do some terrible act that makes you just twist right away. Right. So it's so confusing. Keeps pulling and pushing you. But it's, right? yeah, yeah, it's so compelling. Yeah. And like, there's also a, a fan theory behind Tyrion as well, mm-hmm. uh, regarding his parentage, because oh. you know how Tywin is always like telling him, you're the, you're the reason your mother died, mm-hmm. or so to speak, you know, and, um, it, it has to do with the Targaryen family 
and you know their relationship with the Lannisters. Um, it's a theory. It's a it's a well liked theory, but it's still just a theory at this point. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with Daenerys, Jon Snow, and Tyrion. Interesting. They're kind of like these three. They're the three legs of this this uh, stool, so to speak. I can see that. that yeah, we, that that holds up the kingdom. And so it. I mean, you can look it up later. Like if you just plug into Google R plus L equals oh, J. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah. Okay. That that describes uh, the the fan theory behind Jon Snow, but connected to that is also the fan theory behind Tyrion's parentage. Okay. So I mean, Tyrion is definitely a Lannister from his mother. Yeah. We just don't know who his father is. Interesting. Because Tyrion keeps, or not Tyrion, um, Tywin keeps just kind of, you're not really my son. Okay. And at first you think, oh, it's because he has a physical handicap right, and he can't right. carry on your legacy. And you're like this really like sociopathic narcissist who wants to promote his legacy and this son isn't doing it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But then like as the, the, the show carries on, you start to figure maybe there's something else to it. You know, yeah. like maybe it's not just Tywin feeling like, you know, uh, his biology betrayed him or something. Maybe sure. there's something else to it. And, uh, in the, in this time period, uh, non-consensual sex, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Rape is a very common thing. And so unbelievable st- how often that comes up. I mean, granted, you accept a lot of it because it's all period specific right. stuff. But and wow. Uh, and like, uh, you know, it has a lot to do with genetics and passing on the family name mm-hmm. and how important that is. And then you start to realize that maybe there's something else to it. They, they haven't explored it yet. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing that they will in season six because they're doing, I guess they think, I think they're doing a lot of flashback work mm-hmm. and they just cast like, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's in Ray Donovan right now. Yeah. I know. Uh, he, um, Max Van Sydow. Or, not Max Van Sydow. Um, although he is, he is joining the cast. Right. Uh, it's the guy that played Blackbeard in the Pirates of the Caribbean third movie. Well, anyway, I mean, you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm super pumped that you're watching it now. Yeah, I'll I'll get caught up before it starts up again. Great. For sure. That way we can have some real discussions about it. <laughs> In real time where people actually care like, oh, he's three seasons behind screw him. Yeah. See, listen, all you're going to have to do for the staff for in the staff group to have like 50 people here is be like, "Hey, we're going to do a one episode just about Game of Thrones." Everyone's going to be like, "I'll be there." <laughs> what time do you want me to be there? I can be there all day. All day early. I'll be there the day before to right. take notes. I'm camping and, out. Yeah, we'll rewatch everything. Right. <laughs> Marathon. Now, the the important guy question uh in in related. Now, I've only seen the first two seasons, so uh-huh. I might not know all the characters. Who's the girl you lean towards? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um I know most people are going to say Daenerys right away yeah. as like the go-to. She's not for me. Like she's awesome. Uh-huh. But she's not the one that I'm most drawn to of the female characters that I've seen so far. Well, who are you drawn to? I think I've only heard her name like once or twice. Uh-huh. And I don't know uh, exactly if I'm right, but I think it's Ifrit. Ygritte? Ygritte. The wildling girl? Yes. Uh-huh. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the redhead wildling one that yeah. Jon Snow is kind of like infatuated with at this point, right. at least. And I don't know. I, I, obviously, things could change <laughs> uh, for sure. But there's something about her that is like very attractive well she's kind of like a free spirit right she's not like she's not bound to any sort of the conventions of the, yeah the, well I'll, the I'll admit it's partially the accent no okay <laughs> it's partially the accent yeah she's a she's definitely a great character mm-hmm. I, I i enjoyed her thoroughly i'm trying to think like i mean daenerys is probably the obvious answer right 
there, there was this one like this one whore in in a uh, in Tyrion's, <laughs> which like, sounds weird to say it like yeah. that, but yeah, yeah. She's she's this she's one of the whores in Tyrion's house and in his uh his brothel. Okay, and uh, she she's kind of like a peripheral character, but like she really kind of held my attention for like the first couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. She's the one that uh she's she gets sent to Joffrey and then Joffrey kills her with a crossbow. Like, oh, she's kind of like this. I haven't uh, seen that yet. Okay, well, it's coming. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> is sorry. this is this the one that was palling around with Baelish as um, like kind of the head of his house? Maybe. Like she like she started off in the north and then she got taken down to King's Landing. I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, she was kind of like an intriguing character. Like she she kind of had that hustle. Like she wanted to be more than just a whore. Okay, you know? I think yeah, I think we're talking about the same person. And so Baelish kind of said like you know maybe you do some things for me. Baelish, yeah. another fantastic character. Right. Oh yeah. Peter very Baelish, compelling yeah. to watch him super like like s- kind of slimy but mm-hmm. also he has his like he has his own motivations so you you admire it a little bit yeah yeah but you're also like oh this guy is not to be trusted no not at all look no. at that face <laughs> Ugh, look at that creepy face. as oh he's like your creepy uncle except, yeah like smarter <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally yeah, so uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. So we'll be discussing much more in the future, even though we took a whole bunch of time there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do some catch up. You know, that's how it goes. Right. All right, let's do some freak outs. Oh, freak out. So my one and only freak out this week is a TV show that just started up again. It's called The Strain. Yes. Um, It's produced by Guillermo del Toro. Um, It's a sort of vampire apocalypse sort of TV show. Uh, it's in its second season. Like I said, season one was, I mean, I kind of excused it as, uh, you know, a, a show still in its infancy, trying to find its footing. Mm-hmm. The thing I really liked about it is kind of like the, the, the biology of the vampires. Okay. It's very, a, like, not typical of a vampire show. I mean, there's no fangs or anything. It's oh, like, interesting. It's this weird sort of like they... Like they wanted to make it more horror based. And so they took. Actual, so not for me is what you're saying. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, they took elements from like, uh, you know, like, like actual biology, like from like birds and, and, you know, mosquitoes and bugs and things. And they kind of all jammed them into this one vamp, this, this thing that they call a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the reason why I'm freaking out about it is because in season two, it's like some of the, the, th- the issues that they fail to address are so, gapingly large yeah that it's like it's almost so bad it's good you know what i mean like it's like a sharknado of tv like it's really like okay so are they are they pulling like a wwe like forget that happened let's go this way well i mean they they kind of ignore some of the bigger logistical plot points okay for example like i said this is a vampire sort of apocalypse show yeah uh first season spoilers if you're watching the strain and you haven't finished the first season and I'm not going to watch, so. You know, earmuffs. <laughs> but, uh, this guy called the master, he's kind of like one of these, uh, these seven, uh, ancient vampires. Mm-hmm. He comes to New York City and he starts like this, this vampire apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the vamp, the vampirism spreads like a parasite. It's this little worm that gets into your system. Okay. Multiplies, alter, like it alters your biology and then you become this thing, hmm. this creature. And, uh, like it's, they fail to address the issue that there's a vampire apocalypse happening in New York City, mm-hmm. and yet people are still living in New York City as if everything is normal. Oh, uh, they're they're addressing it as like almost like a health issue, but there are fucking like vampires running through the street at night killing people. 
like by the hundreds they're yeah. multiplying they're multiplying by the hundreds are they like denying day. that this is going on well i mean part of it is that i mean i guess one way that they're addressing the issue is that they have a very powerful man in new york city okay. who's like a he's kind of like a donald trump or like a very influential rich person in New York oh, City. Oh, Donald Trump, a vampire. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Like they're, they're a societal having, vampire. He's sort of moving the pieces so that everybody, or that the vampires can uh, proliferate rather than be addressed, you know, by law enforcement or by, okay. um, you know, health organizations. And so it kind of addresses it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't address the issue of why there are people still living in New York City. Why haven't people all left? Mm-hmm. Secondly, why hasn't the government gotten involved? Because it's been, like, they've They've put like a video of the vampire, like the, the slayers, so to speak, the yeah. people, the protagonists. They put a video like on the internet for the world to see. Oh. And yet the world doesn't care. Like they're just like, eh, I guess that's New York. <laughs> like it, it, it like, like it, we do that for other countries, yeah, but, <laughs> but not we don't you do guys. it here. Not you guys. Fuck yeah. you guys. Like it's so, there are so many logistical plot points and like that are unaddressed and there's these giant plot holes that, don't get ever like it don't get expanded on ever mm-hmm. it just like it's it's so hard to watch without thinking wow this is really bad but like me being like a completionist like i just continue to watch it because yeah. i want to know what happens next yeah. and they they've also expanded on a number of issues they've they've introduced a number of plot points that will become uh bigger plot points from what i've read on like the wikis and mm-hmm. stuff uh, but, and also another thing like that was really jarring was that the, they changed one of the actors from the first season. Oh, like and, a major actor or uh, sort of. Okay. He's, he's the, like, uh, do you know who Carl is in the walking dead? He's Rick's son. Sure. He's the Carl of the strain. Okay. The annoying kid that doesn't listen to anything that you just hope would, you just wish would die. Right. Right. He's like, fuck this kid. <laughs> but yeah, they changed the actor and it's really jarring. Cause you see him the first time and you're like, the fuck? Yeah. yeah, like it was that bad. <laughs> like oh. somebody's are, people are already jumping ship, and the the it's lead, Roseanne's Becky. <laughs> yeah, basically, what, what happened? Yeah, and so um, the the lead, I don't remember his name, but he's the antagonist in Ant Man. Okay. Um. Oh he, yeah, yeah. He's weird with hair. <laughs> like the, yeah, the hair piece that they put on him is like this weird sort of brownish reddish. Definitely prop piece, yeah. That you would expect to be in like a lower it budget. It just sticks show. out too much. Yeah, it's very not great. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm I'm still watching it, but it's kind of like I hope they step their game up. That's my only freak out. This okay, week. Uh, I have two. One of which is very detrimental to what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, SoundCloud has made this random decision. And obviously not random. I mean, it, there has to be motivating factors behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons that I chose to use SoundCloud and get a pro account, a premium account and everything is because it was one of the more well-known audio hosting sites that allowed you to have an embeddable player inside of Facebook and other social media. That's a huge thing when you're trying to share specifically a podcast mm-hmm. because like a, a song or music or something, a couple minutes, people move on, whatever. A podcast is really hard to spread because of the length of it. And Mm -hmm. people aren't willing to commit to that kind of time. So if you have them go to a place and they see the time limit, they're like, screw that. I'm not listening. But if it's right there and readily accessible, they might at least click play. And then they might get sucked in Mm -hmm. because they didn't have to go elsewhere. Uh, SoundCloud has made the decision to disable the embeddable Facebook player. 
Now, it still embeds in Twitter. It still embeds on Tumblr. It still has the embeddable HTML one. Mm -hmm. But on Facebook, it now creates a link that goes to that sound file on SoundCloud because SoundCloud wants people to go to their site. I don't know why it's specifically Facebook, maybe just because that's the biggest social media platform. Mm -hmm. But now the whole reason, like I bought a year's worth of pro usage because it was cheaper to go for the full year than pay monthly. Right like two months ago and now they've made this change on me. So my whole reason for purchasing now no longer exists. Right. And that is a big pain in the ass. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Like I don't, I can't even think of any reason I've heard like in the media about, you know, relationships between SoundCloud and Facebook Mm -hmm. or anything of that sort as to why that would happen. I mean, I guess if Facebook is such a huge platform and all you're doing is linking to SoundCloud on Facebook, you're getting all of those clicks instead yeah. of Facebook getting it. I mean, that might be. Part I mean, of there's the a lot of problems with it. For one, when you're sharing stuff on a page, any link you share gets shared with less people. Like mm-hmm. there's that percentage right. that get to see whatever you share on a Facebook page. Right. And now that it's a link instead of a player, fewer people are seeing it. Also, now, instead of one click to listen on Facebook, it's one click to go to a new site and another click to listen. Mm. That might not seem like a whole lot more effort, but that new site needs to load. People get impatient and another click is another action. So you're now adding more complexity to between the listener and the content. I mean, you consider a lot of people use like mobile devices. Yes. And they try to go through their Wi-Fi or their data plan. Yep. You know, loading an additional site is just one more step that, I mean, in this sort of like ADHD environment that we, you know, live in nowadays. Exactly. Like, especially when people just want like two, three, four minute, like if, you know, you go on YouTube and like a video is more than four minutes long, are you going to watch it? Probably not. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, if you pile that on top of everything else that you just said, it's kind of like, it's, they're definitely like closing the gates to your success based on theirs. There, there's the success. Right, right. right. Yeah. Well, from what I've read and from what I've heard, SoundCloud is like hemorrhaging money right now. Oh, okay. So they might be just trying to attract more traffic to their site for ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could also, I've heard rumors of them starting some sort of a Spotify-like service. Oh. But I don't know if that's going to be taking advantage of the stuff that's been uploaded. Mm-hmm. Like that's our content. Right. So if people are paying for that, don't no. we deserve a cut a cut of that? Right. So I don't know what's going on, but it's anarchy right now on SoundCloud, it feels like. <laughs> okay. And uh, the, the response has not been good from users. Uh-huh. Nobody seems to be in favor of this except for SoundCloud. Yeah. Some people are like, well, we've heard people say that now they're getting listens to other stuff on their profile. Mm-hmm. Well, if they liked my Facebook page, if that's how they're getting there, I'm going to share my stuff there, too. Right. I don't need you to like I'm using you for hosting, not for the the profile. Yeah. I mean, you, you see it a lot with uh, with artists like music artists, uh, especially in like hip hop and rap. Like they'll use SoundCloud to like put their mixtape out there, mm-hmm. the mixtape that they're not making any money yeah. off of that they're really just using for promotion. And then the, the money making music that they're asking people to pay for will go on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, mm-hmm. and you know any one of those like uh, more premium services. And so, uh, like it's if if SoundCloud was a person, SoundCloud would be like, I'm tired of being used. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's like I want I want people to pay attention to me too. Right. And so maybe, I get their stance, right. but when you when you've now promoted yourself as a hosting service mm-hmm. and 
it is a social sharing site for sure. Yeah. But don't dictate how people can use your thing that you've set up and don't take away features from paying customers right. that had it for that specific reason. So I'm already looking at alternatives. I might have found one that might be even cheaper than SoundCloud. Oh. And the other problem that I've had with SoundCloud, uh, and I kind of went with them begrudgingly, is that they have a copyright scrubber. Mm. So occasionally I'll drop like a background song in or something or or we'll be doing we'll be doing things within fair use. Like we'll play something with discussion of it, right. which then classifies it under fair use as mm. long as we're not playing like too much of it. Mm-hmm. But the copyright scrubber that's a program or a robot right. is not going to understand the difference between fair use and just using it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to block that content right away. Right. But if I'm going to jump to another one, maybe I'm now opening that up too again to right. us to allow for different kinds of content. So I'm just kind of more upset that maybe I blew a hundred bucks and Mm -hmm. let those kind of those episodes build the statistics on them because I hate jumping that way because now I'm going to lose all those stats. Right, right. So I'll have to remember that those episodes were more than they're actually showing, which is a pain in the butt. Well, I mean, it sucks, but, you know, whatever it takes, I guess. Right, right. Uh, my other freak out is that we were excited about this. Volpe and I sat down to watch Joe Dirt 2. <laughs> and it was <laughs> abysmally bad. Really? It was so bad. And I was sincerely excited for it. Uh-huh. Like, I like Joe Dirt. Yeah. It's not the best movie. Right. But it was funny and knew what it was. And it was a comedy in those time of comedies where it made sense to be that kind of thing. Right. And it's one of those movies you see on TV all the time and you could rewatch. It was yeah. very rewatchable, yeah. very quotable, yeah. pretty solid comedy flick. Yeah. Joe Dirt 2 is not uh, no. <laughs> in any way, shape or form. And uh, it was so bad that I, I asked Volpe if we could stop watching <laughs> like partway through the movie. Like we were half paying attention to it uh-huh. at a certain point. The biggest problem with Joe Dirt 2, aside from the fact that it's a time travel movie, is the fact that they made no, like, editing choices. Uh, So a lot of the comments I saw afterwards, and I looked it up online to see what other people's feelings were on it, because I was like, I'm assuming everybody's going to hate this. (laughs) Like, But but comedy is so subjective, subjective, that you never know if, Uh like, maybe it just didn't hit your specific sensibility and other people love it. So I looked online, and I am not in the minority. (laughs) Okay. Apparently, what everybody and most reviewers are saying, too, is that it's like the director's cut where the director cut nothing. Oh, no. Yeah. So the movie's like an hour and 45 minutes for a comedy uh-huh. that could have easily been an hour. Right. So there's there's, for example, there's one specific bit where he's back in time and he sees Leonard Skinner in their earlier form, whatever the band was originally called. Mm-hmm. And he sits down with them and has a chat about it. And they're making some jokes about how they're going to be big and everything. He's like, I think you should try doing this. And what about using the name Leonard Skid? And they're like, well, that's our janitor. Why would we ever do like, so Uh there's a couple jokes. It's like, okay, okay. Five minute scene. Five minute scene could have been 30 seconds. Right. That's one example. That happens throughout the entire movie so the, of them beating a bit into the ground. So it's like the perfect storm of like poor editing choices and maybe not the greatest jokes. Yes. Being kind of like blown up into this weird, expanded, like terrible mess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Every bit you go, ha, ha, and then you go, huh. 
<laughs> right. right. Uh, <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it it all starts promisingly uh-huh. for the most part, and then just destroys itself so quickly. Wow. Which is a huge bummer. That's unfortunate because Joe Dirt's kind of like a cult classic almost. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And this is what they were only streaming it on with, with that Crackle. 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 Right? So yeah. it was free to watch. Uh-huh. Just not that great. Just not worth it. Like you kind of <laughs> wish you got paid for the time. Yeah. I want my money back even okay. though I didn't pay anything. Right. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, that horrible. Sucks. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say to our listeners real quick that they can support the show uh, by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. We're doing all sorts of things now. We're doing the podcast. We're doing two podcasts a week. Uh, we're doing the Twitch streaming. There are so many things that we're trying to create, but we need your support in order to do that. So if you go to thegeekgeneration.com slash support, that will take you to our Patreon page where you can sign up to become a patron of the Geek Generation. You sign up, you choose a contribution amount, and that amount will be donated automatically each month. You can cancel that donation at any time. We ask that you contribute $1 a month, which is roughly $0.25 a show, or even less now that we're doing two a week. Mm -hmm. We've added also the benefit to being a contributor that if you donate $1 or more per month, you will now get early access to the Geek Generation. The Random Movie Club will still come out on its regular schedule, and Mm -hmm. that is not in the Patreon area yet. It might be in the future. I don't know. But you will have early access to this podcast. So as soon as I am done editing it, it goes up on Patreon first. And everybody else waits till Monday for the actual public posting. Right. Again, that's thegeekgeneration.com slash support. If you guys do that, we really appreciate it. Do it. Do it. Now, we had a whole lot of other stuff to talk about, but we are at an hour and we are expecting people (laughs) (laughs) and not other show people to just join us. Uh, We're here for a thing that's going to take place. So we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, and save some of this stuff for a lot of this stuff. We had reviews. We had news. <laughs> right, right. We had so much, but we're going to save it for another time. So is there a final thought or something that you would like to plug? Um, it's the Game of Thrones talk that really just threw everything yeah, like off it, base. It, guys, we would have had a much more diverse and you know in-depth show, but yeah. Rob, Rob decided to start watching Game of Thrones. I know, I know. That's why we started talking about Game of Thrones. It might dominate the next few episodes. Yeah, because Rob's definitely going to lose his mind at some point. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, I can't really think of anything to plug. I'm good. Okay. Support the show. All right. Oh, it's actually 12.5 cents a show. They're saying in the chat room. Ah, man. 12.5 cents a show. I didn't feel like doing computations in my head right now. (laughs) Good job. Uh, If you would like to check out everything else that we do, you can head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back next week with more stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Bye. Make it so.